So glad to be here tonight. So good to be together. Uh, as we come together, I always think of the great, the great honor and privilege that we enjoy as Christians to come together and to fellowship with one another and to admonish one another and encourage one another in the work of the Lord. As we come together tonight, it was, it was a tough week this week and I had been trying to consider what I was going to preach on. Mike let me know that I would be speaking tonight and I was thinking, what can I preach on? Now, I've talked to many preachers that have spoken for a long time, spoken for years, and one of the hardest things to do is to come up with what topic or what passage, what area of Scripture do I want to preach on tonight? So I went to my good friend, Yvette, who, who is also the secretary here, and I said, Yvette, I said, having co- trouble coming up with a, a lesson topic, and I said, do you have any suggestions? And she said, and I quote, I don't care. <laughs> so that brings us to tonight, Joshua chapter 7. I had been thinking all week, I really wanted to look at the Old Testament because as you look at the Old Testament, the Old Testament is full of jewels. It's full of gold nuggets. It's full of super important things. And as you look at the Old Testament, in fact, the the New Testament, referring back, says the things that were written for aforetime were written for our learning. We can look back at the Old Testament and we can learn, we can gather much from it. And tonight, for just a little bit, I would encourage you to look especially at Joshua chapter 7. In Joshua chapter 7, we find a, a character that is very dear to me because I've, I remembered him as a young boy and I always remembered him as Achan for Bacon. I don't know why that is, but as a young boy, that's how I could remember that we had this Achan, this man that wanted to keep the goods back that didn't belong to him. So Achan cared about something that he shouldn't have. And as Drew started out in Joshua chapter 6, I would like to invite you to to look at Joshua chapter 6. We're going to be looking at verses 17 through 19 in chapter 6 before we get into chapter 7. But here we see in Joshua chapter 6 the law of the Lord laid out. We see the law of the Lord is given so that they can know what they are to do. Now a little background. Realize that we're talking about the children of Israel and they've had some rough times and they've had some good times. But just recently in Joshua chapter 7, you can go back in chapter 1 and you see that they have the opportunity to walk across Jordan on dry land. They see the power of God as they walk across Jordan. They see that they go and they see this great city of Jericho and the strength that's in Jericho and their fixing to take it over here in the end of Joshua chapter 6. And in Joshua chapter 6, as they're going to have the, the city of Jericho delivered into their hands, and I mean given to them, like you have no chance. We're talking about a, about a battle where you as the small guy goes in against the big guy, but yet the small one wins. There's no chance they shouldn't win, but yet they've got God on their side. And in in Joshua chapter 6, as you read through it, you see that God's power is shown as they are delivered Jericho into their hand. Go ahead and start with me in chapter 6 and verse 17. 
Here it says in verse 17, Now the city shall be doomed by the Lord to destruction. It and all who are in it, only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all who are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that we sent. And you by all means abstain from the accursed things. He says, and you, listen up, abstain, stay away from, avoid, ignore, don't take part from the accursed things, lest you become accursed when you take of the accursed things and make the camp of Israel a curse, a trouble to it. Verse 19, but all the silver and gold and the vessels of bronze and iron are consecrated to the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. In Joshua chapter 6, Much like today, the law of the Lord was laid out. They have the opportunity to know what God desires from them. Notice they are told to avoid the accursed things. God says there are some things that you must not take part of. And when I think about our life today, there are things that we are told to avoid to stay away from, stay clear of. I think of Romans chapter 12 and verse 9 where it says, let love be without hypocrisy. And then notice it says, abhor what is evil and cleave that which is good. We've got abhorring, hating, getting away from, avoiding the things that are evil. God lays out the law to the children of Israel. God lays out the law to us. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 11 it says, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness but rather expose them. Avoid the sin, the the work of darkness. We're talking about evil. We're talking about those bad things. In Joshua chapter 6 and verse 17 and 18, we see that they are to avoid the accursed things. If I could encourage you as a Christian today, avoid the things that are accursed. Notice also that they're to purify. Now in Joshua chapter 18, there was something that was purified or holy or sacred. And in verse 19 it says, but all the silver and gold, the vessels of bronze and iron are consecrated to the Lord. They're they're set apart, they're holy, they're important, they're sacred to God. There are things that were to be taken and given to God. Within the law of the Lord... Understand that just because, just because we can read the law and understand the law does not bring us to a point where we don't realize that someone will say, I don't care. There's a point in which some people, knowing what is right, will still look and say, I don't care. I think about the lesson this morning as we talked about protecting the family and the the things that can creep in that can destroy a family. And we've got these warnings of things that we ought to do, but yet it seems as though too often we hear those three words, I don't care. I think of the holy things, the sacred things that were set apart as we looked at the silver and the gold and the bronze. We see these things that are set apart for the Lord, that are sacred for the Lord. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, if you look in the New Testament, God also set apart something for the Lord. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, he's referring there uh, 
to the individuals as they, they go back and talk about the, the Corinthians being this. And in verse 17 it says, Therefore come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will see, receive you and I will be a father to you. And you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. We see the purifying of the individual. As he's quoting and look, looking back at the Old Testament, we have the individual now, he says, they would be the temple. You go back to verse 16, it says, And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. As, As we, we notice, notice the, the law, law of the Lord, we also understand that we must act upon the law. In Joshua chapter 6 and verse 19, they... They had the opportunity to do what had just been written. They had the opportunity to follow through with the law. The things that were said, they were able to do them. Don't just listen to what God says, but rather act on it. Do what God says. In Romans chapter 2 and verse 13, it says, For not the hearers of the law are just in the sight of God, but the doers of the law will be justified. You can also look at Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21. It says, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Listen, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord. People can still say it. <laughs> he says, but he who does the will of my Father. Within the I don't care, I understand, we've got guidelines. We've got a law that we can look at. And as we look at the law of the Lord... I encourage you to take it for everything it says, not adding to, not, not pulling from, but rather reading it and bringing out what is found within the law. Now we're going to look at somebody today that was able to read the law or he was able to hear the law and yet we'll see that Achan didn't take from the law what God put into it. Go ahead and look with me at Joshua chapter 7. Now we'll begin. Joshua chapter 7, we'll notice the actions of Achan. Now there's a lot that's comprised in this first verse, so we've got this whole first verse is going to go to the actions of Achan. Verse 1, it says, But the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed things. Notice he goes to describe it very close, very specifically. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed things. So the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. What did he do? He disobeyed the law that we just read. He disobeyed what he was told. As you look back at Joshua chapter 6, Achan took of what was forbidden. And you say, how could Achan do something so foolish after hearing the law, hearing the rule, don't do this, but bring this to God? The specific items. And then we think back, it started long before then because God laid out the guidelines in Genesis chapter 2. It was something very similar. It's something so easy. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 16, it says, And the Lord God commanded man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. You have all the opportunity. You've got all these trees. If you want to eat, dig in. Fill your face. Get all you want. 
Notice in verse 17 in Genesis chapter 2, it says, But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. And I know there's a little deception that took place, but essentially what happened was Adam and Eve said, I don't care. You look back to Achan, and in verse 1 we understand that Achan said, I don't care. Now I want you to understand very clearly as we look at this, it sounds so simple what Achan was told. It sounds so simple what Adam and Eve were told in the garden. But I want to warn you, we've got a New Testament of scriptures that sounds so simple, but yet we choose to say, I don't care. Mike talked this morning some about, about the changes within, within the, uh, the world around us and how things have changed. And as you think about worship service, it might not be a matter of convenience because now we've got home where, where we've got televisions and we've got all these other things that that are so important that we have to carve out time for. You know, we've got sports that are important. We've got all these other things, and yet, well, we've got the Sunday night crowd, so we'll make it easy. So on Sunday night, we've got the opportunity to come together and worship, and so we can go ahead and pat ourselves on the back and say, hey, we're doing a really good thing because we chose to be here. That's true. All right, so we've got one thing. We also think about studying. And I'll go ahead and say that, that uh, I personally think I should should stand ashamed because I look at the, the television that we have at our house and I bet you if there was one day a week where I wasn't able to carve out time to watch an hour of television or 30 minutes of television, I would be surprised. But I know all too often as a Christian, it seems as though it's very easy to come across a day in my life where I didn't find the time to carve out 30 minutes or I didn't carve out the time for an hour to sit down in God's Word. It might be that I've got three hours to watch TV, but let me tell you, there was a day that I said, "Mm, I just don't have time. Do you know what Jared Rhodes said on that day? He said the same thing Adam and Eve said. He said the same thing that Achan said. He said, I don't care. I think about God's commands, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. And then I think of my response on the days where I say, you know, I don't have time to study about God. I'd rather watch the news. You know what Jared Rhodes says that day? Jared said, I don't care. It was never stated. There was never a word that was spoken. But yet I say this because I want you to understand that I'm not preaching to you as one that is perfect. I'm not preaching to you as one that doesn't mess up and that doesn't need to grow in this point. I know many people have chose to carve out a time in the morning when they first wake up to study. I applaud you. There are some that have chose to to carve out time in their day in the evening or at lunch. I applaud you. As Christians, we need to be studying We need to be learning, we need to be growing, because otherwise we're dying. Let's go back to Achan, because I know we've got lots of time that goes away oh so quickly. Notice that the blame falls on all. Did you see it there in Joshua chapter 7 and verse 1? 
in Joshua chapter 7, verse 1, it says, look, here's who sinned. Here's who messed up. He says it was Achan. Achan's the one that messed up. And you know what happens at the, the end? It says the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. Does it say he was mad at Achan? Yes, yes it does. Was Achan alone in that? Absolutely not. And so what I warn you is as a people, as a church, I'm not saying it's not individual. We have to do what's right individually. But I encourage you to do everything you can because they all paid the piper. It could be that the Olive Branch Church of Christ does not grow to its ability because of one. All I'm saying is we've got to work together. Don't take it as an attack on you, but rather it's an attack on us. Because the blame fell on all. They were dissatisfied. You know, sin was the cause of God's anger. Sin is the reason that this, this anger even took place. You know, in Ezekiel chapter 7 and verse 8, it says, Now upon you I will soon pour out, as he's talking about the children of Israel back then, and he's saying, look... <laughs> I'm disgusted. He says, I will soon pour out my fury and spend my anger upon you. I will judge you according to your ways and I will repay you for your abominations. Because they had sinned. That's why God was upset. That's why God was angered. And I warn you, as you think about Joshua chapter 7 and you think about the stupidity of what, what Achan did, as we go through the rest of Joshua chapter 7, understand that it is oh so easy to fall into that trap. All right, Joshua chapter 7. Let's begin in verse 2, and we'll notice the passing of the people. Starting in verse 2, it says, Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth-Avon, on the east side of Bethel, and spoke to them, saying, Go up and spy out the country. So the men went up and spied out Ai, and they returned to Joshua and said to him, Do not let all the people go up, but let about two or 3,000 men go up. And attack Ai. Do not worry, all the people there, for the people of Ai are few. Verse 4. So about 3,000 men went up there from the people, but they fled before the men of Ai. And finally, verse 5. And the men of Ai struck down about 36 men, for they chased them from before the gate as far as Shebarim, and struck them down on the descent. Therefore the hearts of the people melted and became like water. Notice within the passing of the people, others lost their lives. Other people lost their lives. And why? Because Achan chose to not care. Because he didn't care about the law of the Lord. The point being, you have the opportunity as a Christian to reach others. We have the opportunity to go out into the world. And when I'm talking about lives, I'm talking about spiritual lives. Because you can help save others. Ultimately, God's the one that saved them, but it could be that you help sow the seed. It could be that you help cultivate the crop. It could be that you're able to help one come to know our Lord. Notice, others lost lives. It wasn't just Achan. It wasn't just Achan that lost lives, but these 36 innocent people possibly innocent, uh, maybe they knew about what Achan had done and they chose not to rat him out. 
Maybe they knew what he had done, and, and yet they said, Mum's the word. Well, I didn't do it, so as long as, uh, as long as I'm not involved, I would imagine it would be pretty hard to, to take the loot and go all the way back to your tent without anybody seeing you. So it's very possible, uh, within my estimation, it's possible that others knew. But maybe they didn't do it, and yet we see... Others lost their lives. 36 individuals lost their lives because of Achan's sin. Now notice at the end of verse 5, what happens to their hearts? He says, therefore the hearts of the people melted and became like water. Look, we've got God that has been taking care of them, got them out of Egypt, got them through all these different things that took place. Just recently, they had just crossed over the Jordan just recently. They had just seen Jericho given into their hands. And they go to attack Ai, and they lose some people, and they say, whew, oh no. And they were right, oh no, because God was disgusted. God wasn't on their side right now because there was sin Amongst them. Go ahead and begin with me in verse 6. We see the beseeching of the Lord. In verse 6, Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening, he and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, Lord God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all? To deliver us into the hand of Amorites? To destroy us? Oh, that we had been content and dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. O Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns its back before its enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear it and surrounding and surround us and cut off your name from the earth. Then what will you do for your great name? So now, now after after they've come so far, Joshua's crushed. He says, Look, we're we're not gonna survive. We're not gonna make it. We're going to die. He says, And God, no one's gonna know about you because we're dead. Who's going to declare your name? Understand, lives will be lost because of sin. Lives will be lost because they choose not to obey. Lives will be lost because maybe we didn't take the opportunity to teach. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13 and 14, a very common passage says, Enter by the narrow or straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. And then he goes on to say in verse 14, he says, Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads unto life, and few there be who find it. Understand that lives are lost because they're not on the right way. As you think about those lives that aren't on the right way, It could be because those lives said, I don't care. And that's what we need to stop. That's what we need to try to overcome because we're talking about the power of darkness versus the power of light. And we see that as long as we're working, as long as we're doing and following the law that God has given, we can know that we'll have salvation. All right. For just a couple minutes, let's finish with the cost of covetousness. Look at Joshua chapter 7, beginning in verse 10. Joshua chapter 7 and verse 10, it says, So the Lord said to Joshua, Get up, 
Why do you lie thus on your face? Israel has sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. For they have even taken some of the accursed things, and have both stolen and deceived, and they also put it among their own stuff. Therefore, verse 12, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before the enemies, because they have become doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with you anymore, unless you destroy the accursed from among you. There's a problem. There's a problem in the camp. That problem is sin because they chose to not obey. This is right after they had seen the miraculous power of God, right after they'd been given this land of Jericho, and now we see the cost of covetousness. God reveals the cause for Israel's fall here in verses 10 through 13, and it was because of sin. We see that they suffered because of sin. We individually suffer sometimes because of sin. It's, it's possible also that we suffer because of others' sins. The main point being we've got to get sin extinguished. We've got to get away from it. We've got to avoid it. And we've got to encourage others to do the same. Notice in verse 14 through 18. I love this part. In verse 14 it says, "...in the morning therefore you shall be brought according to your tribes." And it shall be that the tribe which the Lord takes shall come according to families. And the family which the Lord takes shall come by households. And the household which the Lord takes shall come man by man. All right, you and I both know God didn't have any any problem pointing out and saying, hey, it's Achan. But yet God says at the very beginning, he says, bring them out by tribe. He said, bring them out by tribe, and then he, he whittles it down. He says, not only do we come out by tribe, but after the tribe comes out, he says, well, it's this tribe. See, and he, he t- takes it just a little bit smaller. And so as you look in verse 14, after the tribes, it says, and then he shall come out according to families. It's like, bring your family out, you bring your family out, and God says, well, it's this family over here. So they say, okay, bring them out by households. God says, well, it's, that's the household. And then he says, bring them out man by man, and what do we see? God says, that's the man. Well, I shouldn't have said that. It hasn't been seen yet. All right, start in verse 15. Verse 15, it says, Then it shall be that he who is taken with the accursed thing shall be burned with fire, he and all that he has, because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord, and because he has done a a disgraceful thing in Israel. So Joshua rose early in the morning and brought Israel by their tribes. The tribe of Judah was taken. He brought the clan of Judah, and he took the family of the Zarites, and he brought the family of the Zarites man by man, and Zabdi was taken. You go back to the very beginning in verse 1 and you notice we've got all these, these special names. It says, Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, the tribe of Judah. <laughs> Brings it down. Here they are. All right. Verse 17, it says he brought the clan of Judah and he took the family of the Zarites. Oops, sorry. We read verse 17. Verse 18 also. He brought the household of a man... He brought his household, sorry, man by man, and Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, was taken, and God says, that's it. (laughs) Makes me think of the eyes of the Lord. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 3. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch 
on the evil and the good. God knows what your deeds are. I think about the home crowd. You know, there's lots of people that look and they say, well, you got your Sunday morning crowd, you got your Sunday night crowd. And, you know, sometimes those people are the ones that are professing to be real godly, but then throughout the week they're really not. But, hey, they punch their time card, they sit in the pew. Well, being part of the Sunday night crowd, you can expect me to be here. God knows the deeds throughout the week. God knows what your actions truly are, not just whether or not you signed in when you came to church services. God knows according to our deeds, and therefore, what do we need to be all day, every day? We need to be Christians. We need to be those that proclaim the good news. Here in verses 14 through 18, God really displays his knowledge. He says, this is what I know. He says, I know who it was. I know what takes place. And he shows that God's eyes are always watching. Even if you hide your junk under the tent. Go ahead and look in verse 19. Verse 19, it says, Now Joshua said to Achan, my son, I beg you, give glory to the Lord God of Israel and make confession to him and tell me now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. You know, Joshua didn't say, okay, did you really do something that you shouldn't have? There was no longer a question. God had already pinpointed the problem. And Joshua says, you've messed up. So in verse 20, he says, and Achan answered Joshua and... I guess if you, get, if you get like Achan did and you have everything come down and it points directly to you, there isn't any point to lying anymore. There isn't any point to trying to hide. I don't care doesn't cut it anymore. So in verse 20, Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I've sinned against the Lord God of Israel and this is what I've done. When I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment... 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels. I coveted them and I took them. And there they are, hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent with the silver under it. Messed up. Aiken messed up. Do you think about your life? Understand, as long as there is life still today... We as New Testament Christians have an opportunity to ask for forgiveness. You know, under the Old Testament, it wasn't always quite so lucky. Well, you can look at Acts chapter 5 and Ananias and Sapphira and they messed up. And they were struck dead. And then we get, well, we looked at Matthew chapter 7 verse 13 and 14 and we've got, we've got the understanding that it says that few will be saved. Many are going to go down the path that leads to destruction and people say, no... My God wouldn't do that. You know, last week, Mike spoke Sunday night or Sunday morning one on the justice and the severity of God. We talk about the greatness of God. God is a loving God, absolutely. But God's also true to his word. God is true to what he says. And therefore, I encourage you, don't try and ride the fence. Don't try and buck God's plan, but rather go along with what God says. Embrace it. Live up to it. Because we see the expense of choosing not to. Verse 22, Joshua sent messengers and they ran to the tent. And there it was hidden in his tent with silver under it. 
And they took them from the midst of the tent, brought them to Joshua and to all the children of Israel and laid them out before the Lord. And Joshua... Then Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, the silver, the garment, the wedge of gold, his sons, his daughters, his oxen, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent, and all that he had, and they brought them to the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, Why have you troubled us? The Lord will trouble you this day. So all Israel stoned him with stones. And they burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. And they raised over him a great heap of stones, still there to this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Therefore, the name of that place has been called the Valley of Achor to this day. Sin's expensive. You see, all those that lose their life in Joshua chapter 7... You know, sin's always been really expensive. Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death. For the wages of sin is death. That's, that's what you deserve. It's like, hey, you earned it. The wages of sin is death. But as you go on, it says, But the gift of God is eternal life. God made a plan of forgiveness. Just as we look back at the Old Testament, we can learn from it. There were people in the Old Testament that said, I don't care. I see your law, God, but I choose not to do it. But today we have the opportunity to change. We must grow stronger. We must seek God with all of our being, understanding that this life has a lot more to it than this life. Life has a lot more to it than living physically upon the earth. I encourage you, care. Don't ever turn your back on the Lord. Don't ever let the law be meaningless, but rather captivate every point found within the law. That is the goal of the New Testament Christian. It's to read the law and to do exactly as it says. If we're going to be what God would have us to be, we open the Bible and we study and we read. God said, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. What's the problem? People don't study. If we're going to care, if we're going to be what God would have us to be, you don't know that you'll be it unless you're looking in God's word. I encourage you. Just as me, care more. Strive to care more every day as we strive to be what God would have us to be. In 1 Peter chapter 3, in verse 15, I'll leave you this for my last verse. 1 Peter chapter 3, in verse 15, it says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. That means set him apart, make him sacred, make him holy, make him most important. He is the divine. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense of everyone that asketh you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Make God something special. If you haven't given your life to Christ, I encourage you. It's very simple. God laid out a plan how that his son, the perfect one, could come and live upon this earth. And not only did he do it, but he did it perfectly. And after living that perfect life, we see that he was crucified, he was hung. Death was the price that was paid for us. Just as Christ was 
crucified for us and he was buried in the tomb and he rose again to live, we also ought to be willing to follow him, to profess Christ as our Savior, being willing to be buried in that watery grave of baptism, having the desire to rise, to walk in newness of life, to profess to the world the love of Christ that was given to me. If you haven't given your life to Christ, I encourage you, make a change tonight. Please come as we stand and sing.